with the leap that Kobe White has made this season, on top of the Zach Levine trade drama, these have been the two stories that have dominated Chicago or Chicago Bulls uh, topics for quite a while. But today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about Patrick Williams and how he's not just making a step anymore. We're starting to talk, be able to talk about Patrick Williams as being an impact player on both sides of the ball for the Chicago Bulls for the first time, really, since he came to the team. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we're going to talk about DeMar's comments on the state of the Chicago Bulls and dive into the mailbag. All that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Sir Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, Let's go ahead and get into the content. Well, before we get into the content, it's, it's Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays for whatever you do celebrate. I hope everybody's enjoying their time with their family, time off work, whatever it is. We appreciate you guys, and you guys are, and like I always say, the best part of Chicago Bulls Century. You guys make this show what it is. But now, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So I want to talk a little bit about Patrick Williams, right? And like I said here in the opening, you know, the Zach Levine trade stuff is going to dominate news cycles because it's trade drama, right? And trade drama is always going to be something that especially the media, articles, all those things are kind of centered around. And then you have Kobe White and his ascension and how Kobe White's really having a star level impact for the Chicago Bulls and just, you know, really building off what he's done the last couple of years, which we'll talk about a little bit more here in a second. But through all of that, there's another player that I think deserves to be talked about, and that is that Patrick Williams is making a huge step. Now, a leap, maybe I a little bit hesitate to call it that, but we're going to go over some numbers here to kind of bring it all together. But I just want to highlight the fact that Patrick Williams is starting to turn into that player that we've always wanted to see that is impacting both sides of the basketball. And so when you look at the first 15 games for Patrick Williams, he averaged 5.8 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, 1.2 assists on only 33% shooting from the field and 26% shooting from three-point range. Keep in mind, his three-point shot, he was the best player by percentage shooting the three ball last year for the Chicago Bulls, and he came down way off that. And he was only averaging 1.3 free throws per game. Now flip that around. Let's look at the last 15 games for the Chicago Bulls. I mean, for Patrick Williams, of course, on the Chicago Bulls. But he's had averaged 14.1 points per game, five rebounds, 1.7 assists, right? He's doing that on 52% shooting from the field, 52.6% uh, shooting from three-point range, and he's getting to the free throw line at, at, at 2.1 times per game. Again, he's really stepping it up. And then even that, I didn't mention the steals and the blocks, which he's averaging a steal and a block per game as well with that. But we'll talk about those defensive numbers here in a second as well. He's 14 of 21 on three points, uh, three pointers in the last five games. And he scored in double figures 13 out of the last 16 games. But when you take this, even the offensive numbers out of it, if you watch the game of basketball, you will see a Patrick Williams that's way more engaged. He's, he's moving without the ball. He's cutting to the rim. He's getting um, offensive rebounds and trying to get putbacks on that. He's putting pressure on the defense. He has a great block percentage as well, and he's no longer hesitating to shoot, an, to shoot open shots. We're seeing Patrick Williams confidently take the open shots when he has them, and even sometimes when he doesn't, he's using his dribble, which does need to improve a little bit, but using that dribble to create a little bit more space and get to the lane and starting to have spots on the floor. Right now, Patrick Williams is playing the game free. He's letting the instincts come to him. And that's one thing that we've always asked of Patrick Williams, that we've always been able to tell, is that you have to, it's, it's what's between his ears that was kind of holding him back so much, the overthinking, the deferring to players, just shoot the damn ball. And Patrick Williams is doing that now and playing with a level of confidence that we've wanted to see from Patrick Williams for years and years and years. And 
much like, and I said this about Kobe White, right? I said this, um, that the last two seasons, that Kobe White, the first two seasons, under, after DeMar and Lonzo joined the team, we, when Kobe White was coming off the bench, we saw him starting to lay the groundwork of the season he's having now. He increased his ball handling. He became a better decision maker. The defense started making the steps and leaps. And now we're seeing a Kobe White in the starting lineup where his offense is back flowing, but also the things that he learned of how to impact the game how, without his shot falling. He's doing that now on top of his shot falling, playing, uh, playing and being active defensively. And now we're seeing Kobe White step into that and use that foundation that was laid coming off the bench the last two seasons to be one of the best starters for the Chicago Bulls and one of the most consistent players and a player that deserves to have so much uh, hype thrown towards him. And so we're seeing, I would say, Patrick Williams lay down what I'm calling a foundational season, right? This is a season where if he if he keeps doing this the whole season, as far as just playing confidently, moving out the ball, then you, you understand how you can impact the game and you can take that to the next level in the following years. Now, that's offensively. And then when you look at some of the things defensively that Patrick Williams is doing as well, he's one of only seven players in the NBA who have a steal rate above 1.7% and a block weight above 3.5%. The only other players to do it is Alex Caruso, Yusuf Nurkic, Mitchell Robinson, Herb Jones, Isaiah Hartenstein, and Victor Winbayama. That's it. That is it. He's in that level of category when it comes down to it. Now, again, that's all players playing 500 minutes or more. And then when you look at the defense that the Chicago Bulls and Patrick Williams have been playing, right now the Chicago Bulls have ranked 10th defensively in the last eight games. We want to have a top 10 defense. We've had top five defenses before. And then when you look at it, the Chicago Bulls are four and a half points better defensively when Patrick Williams is on the court. He's second best in that ranking only to Javon Carter. And yes, even impacting the game by this stat more than Alex Caruso on the defensive side of the ball. Now we know Alex Caruso does a lot more things than just that. So, you know, that, that's just one stat. I always say use stats, but use them in, in, the, in the framework of what they mean. But we're seeing Patrick Williams this season be a two-way player for the Chicago Bulls. He's impacting the game offensively. He's bringing the brand of defense that we've come accustomed to seeing from Patrick Williams. And those are things that that is what makes this a foundational year because he's doing both simultaneously and learning, hey, I can still bring my brand of defense. I can still impact this game. One block, one steal per game. But at the same time, just by nature of me not hesitating, taking these open shots and being more aggressive on putbacks, being more aggressive to get to the mid-range and use the height of my shot because he gets really high up on that jump shot to create that separation and to knock down the shots. This is a this is a Patrick Williams that is in, impacting the game on both sides of the ball, and I really want to spend some time just acknowledging that. Patrick Williams, a player that for me, I've said he's, he's approaching the corner. He's starting to turn the corner and really been hesitant to say he's turning that corner. No, Patrick Williams, in a lot of ways, is making a leap. Now, he's not making the leap. Kobe White has looked like to make the leap, but for a player that's 22 years old in Patrick Williams, that still has more than enough time to still develop and grow, this is kind of what you want to see. And this goes back to kind of the things that we've talked about before on the patience that we need to have with NBA players. The, the, the thought process in the years of saying, oh, by the third year, that's over and done for a lot of players. But Patrick Williams right now is making a fourth-year step that he can build off on in that fifth year, much like we're seeing Kobe White do. The biggest question is, is will he keep it up, right? And that's the thing that we want to see from Patrick Williams. We've seen glimpses, right? We've seen stretches of Patrick Williams. Nothing this long, right? I just want to say this. This is the longest stretch we've seen Patrick Williams impacting and playing this way for his career. But if he keeps this up with the new style that the Bulls are playing, I'll tell you what, at that point, then we can start saying that we got a player, right? And yes, Patrick Williams, he's not living up to the hype around a fourth overall pick, the first pick, 
overall from this regime, but he's showing that he can impact the game on both sides of the ball. And like I tell everybody else, it's not just about points. And Patrick Williams is providing more than that. You guys can let me know what you think down below. Now, another thing that I want to talk about is DeMar DeRozan recently came out with comments around his thoughts about the team after their last loss and going into this, uh, this after Christmas break. And he said this, we've been resilient. The first part of the season, there was a lot of emotion and a lot of frustration. We dug ourselves out of that hole and found the positivity to lean on, kind of trust ourselves towards the right direction. We have to continue to do that. Understanding that the last few weeks we've been playing together, playing amazing, positive energy, everything has been there. He said, we need uh, to just come and feed from that, understand that we can go into the new year with a whole different type of outlook for this team. And that is one thing that I wanted to talk about because it is a whole different outlook. When you look at where the Bulls are right now, it's night and day differently than what we were a month and a half ago. Wondering if this team was even going to be able to pull it in to even contend for a plan or if the best option was the Bulls to just keep playing the way they were playing and they were going to have a top five lottery selection, something like that, right? The Zach Levine trade news comes out and, you know, all this other stuff around the team, the team not wanting to trade Alex Caruso, other teams being interested, DeMar DeRozan's lack of contract extension. But right now we are seeing a Chicago Bulls team that, again, Cleveland Cavaliers game aside, this, Bull, this Bulls team has been playing very resilient. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And, and with heart that we want and deserve to see in the city of Chicago. And so it, it, this, is a, this is a new place. The Bulls really have the chance to end this year strong, right, with three more games left on their schedule before the calendar turns to 2024, and they can really use this as a launching pad for a new week of the season. A lot of people don't even look at the NBA season that it starts until until after Christmas, right? Because, you know, it's kind of everybody filling each other out. New teams have kind of, you know, starting to learn chemistry and things like that. Not that that applies to the Chicago Bulls, but really, after Christmas is where things really start getting real. And then after the All-Star break is when things really start, you know, th those races become even more important. So right now, where a lot of teams have started, have now seen what they have in their roster. A lot of teams also have injury concerns, things like that. The Chicago Bulls are playing some of their best basketball right now. And if they can keep this up and keep up the way that they've been playing together, moving the ball around, being tough defensively, being tough offensively, that this could be a season for the Chicago Bulls that we look at this and say, hey, this is a season to build off on. We finally got a season to build off on. Even the first year that this team came together, where that season started off great up until the All-Star break, right, and then it started falling off, 
the fact that the Bulls won like it was like five out of the last like 30 something games or something like that, it left with a still a sour taste in, in the mouth. Right. But right now, the Chicago Bulls, if they keep playing and building off how they're playing right now, Bulls fans are going to get back on the bandwagon, um, which they have already had to a degree. Some have fallen back off after the Cleveland Cavaliers lost. You know, the sky is falling, Bulls fans. Oh, my God, you can't lose a game like this against the Cleveland Cavaliers and want to be taken to whatever, right? But the Bulls have to get back to doing it. And hopefully that the things that we saw before that Cleveland Cavaliers game is actually more indicative of who this team is going to be the rest of the season because i tell you what, if that performance against the Cleveland Cavaliers becomes more the norm, it's about to be another really disappointing second half of the season for the Bulls. But the Bulls have relative health, right? Yes, Torrey Craig is going to be down for two months. We're not going to get him back until close to March, which sucks. Like, that that absolutely sucks. But we have relative health. Zach Levine, injury aside, we don't really know everything that's going on with that either. But those things, we're, we're coming into a, a situation where this team is playing some of its best basketball. Dalen Terry coming off the bench is really starting to, you know, starting to turn some heads as well in what he could be, right? This is another player that people kind of counted out. So many people in the offseason, Dalen Terry's a bust, right? But now we're starting to see Dalen Terry really start making some impact defensively, which we actually got a voicemail on, so I'm not going not gonna to dive too much into that now. But it's so much around this team that can still go and get better. And Alice Caruso being, uh, not being 100% healthy, right? Things like that. And so we'll see, man. And right now I do think that this is a team that has set a tone and let's hope that they keep that tone up and they keep their level of play up because if they can, it's going to be a fun season, man. It's going to be a fun season. But with that said, let's go ahead and get into the two voicemails we got today. This first one, this one's from Rex. Hey, this is Rex from Columbus, Georgia. Uh, I just got to say, done seeing uh, LeBron James answer a question about whether what was the, uh, his favorite moment going up against the Bulls. And he said that it was the game winner he hit. And from the Bulls bench when he was uh, going up against Jared Rose, Todd Gibson, and Joe King Noah. And in that moment, I remember why I hate him. Because, like, that was a great unit. And he beat our guys. But at the same time, I have to admit that that was also one of the best uh, games that Bulls unit played. And he had to be, like, one of the all-time great talents to do that. And that also made me mad because I realized if only he had joined the Chicago Bulls all those years ago, we would have been looking at another uh, – banner up in the Raptors, or at least two of them. Like a lineup of Derrick Rose, LeBron James, and maybe Chris Bosch or Joe King Noah, that, that would have been incredible. But uh, I just want to say that. Uh, thanks for the listening. Bringing up that LeBron James game winner, man, that is such a tragic moment. Like, that, I just remember I was watching that actually, uh, was it, it may have even been my, was it my cousin's bachelor party? I can't even remember what it was. But it was something going on. We were all watching the game together. And I just remember everybody just looked at me at that game. And I was just like, man, get the fuck out of here, bro. Like, um, but, you know, to say what it makes you think back to what if LeBron joined the Bulls, man, I don't really stay in what it could have should have, but I won't lie. Like, even without Chris Bosh or Dwayne Wade coming with him, you got to think about it. That team, you're joining at that point, it would have been LeBron. It would have been Derrick Rose. Uh, I think, was Ben Gordon still here? No. Well, when he did the decision, I think Ben Gordon, or maybe that was the season Ben Gordon left. No, because we still had, I don't know. I, I don't remember when Ben Gordon left. That, that's it is. But you still you have Derrick Rose, Lou Aldane, LeBron James, at Chris Bosh, Joe Kim Noah. Well, could you still been Chris Bosh in if you signed LeBron James? Probably not, right? But even then, still, you move you move Dane to the four. Man, that would have just been crazy, bro. Like, regardless, like just seeing LeBron and Derrick Rose on the same team in their primes, man. Yeah, what it's probably took a year or two to figure it out. Um, but that would have just been crazy to see, bro. Cray and Joe Kim, Taj Gibson, right? That would have been crazy. But, hey, woulda, coulda, shoulda, man. It didn't happen for us. 
and hopefully this Bulls team finds a way to build a championship contender in the next decade. Because listen, I want to be able to talk about a Chicago Bulls title while I have this channel. Like, I just want to be able to do it. Is that selfish? Yeah, I don't care. I want to be able to do it at some point. But that's my thoughts, man. Let me know what you guys think down below. Let's get into this next voicemail. This one's from Shay. What's up, Hayes? You know, seeing how Dale and Terry has been playing now, maybe I might be overreacting to this. But he's starting to give me Andre Iguodala vibes. And the reason why I say this is because, and I could be wrong on this, but he's doing like that wing player that he's not really scoring much, but you can see the effect that he has on the game, especially with his hustle play and his energy and how he is passing the ball to hit the open man and doing just doing all the little stuff that doesn't show up in the box score. Well, it says do show up in the box score, but... You can see it tonight against the Lakers, how he how he had the second highest plus minus. Like I said, Dalen, I could be a little bit wrong about my take, but he's reminded me as one of those do-it-all type of players, minus the scoring, and doesn't really need to score to affect the game, the, the outcome of the game. That's probably what I should have said instead of Andre Kadawa comparison, but he's putting me into those do-it-all type of players, if you know what I mean. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. Dalen giving you Andre Iguodala vibes. Here's the thing, man, and this isn't just on Shea. I hate when we try to make comparisons to other players way too early. Like, I, I, I generally, I hate player comps in general. I understand why they happen around the draft and things like that, but Dalen Terry is a much different player than Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala was always a physical specimen which definitely helped him have the impact that he had defensively and then even out in transition and things like, I get it. I get what you're saying in that outlook, but I just overall, I just think it's way too early. We've only seen Dalen Terry play like three, four meaningful games in his NBA career. Let's let him look and see what he, who he's going to be before we really take a look at uh, who, who to compare him to. I just, I, it's just something icky about that to me. And I understand, like I said, why we do it. Like it's natural. I do it. Right. And when you see a player play, you're like, oh, that kind of reminds me of such and such. Like, I get why it happens. But overall, I'm just I don't feel like it puts the player in the best. And I also think it puts unjust expectations like Dalen Terry. Yes, has a player that, that has the ability or potential right now to impact the game defensively, get out in transition. He's not nearly the athlete that Andre Iguodala is either. You're talking about Andre Iguodala could absolutely jump out the gym. But Dalen Terry is a player that in using his, his length and his size and the speed and the things correctly. Yeah, he, he can he can definitely he's definitely can be a defensive nightmare for teams. But I think we just need to let Dalen be him. This is the first time he's starting to play. He's now played five games in a row of double-digit minutes. Let's let him keep be doing that before we're starting to make comps to other players, man. Because I think that the best is yet to come from, for Dalen, for sure, in this stretch, especially while Torrey Craig is out, is going to be great for his development. I think that's more important than trying to make comps to other players. But like I said, I understand why you, why you did that. But it just comes down to this. I think let Dalen be the best version of Dalen, and then we'll see where that falls. But thank you guys so much for tuning in, even on Christmas, for Chicago Bulls Central, man. I love you guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. Thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.